Welcome to today's episode where we're covering Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York with Joe Pesci. Stick around and find out why we think that Home Alone is actually a time travel movie. I'm Shay. And I'm Peter. And you're listening to Stellar Stellar Alignment. Alignment. Hey there, welcome to episode 11. We're talking about two Joe Pesci movies today, Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, starring Macaulay Culkin. Of course. Joe Pesci, of course. Daniel Stern, Kathleen O'Hare, John Hurd, Roberts Blossom, and a cameo from John Candy in Home Alone Uno. And also Tim Curry, Rob Schneider, Dana Ivey, Brenda Fricker, and Eddie Bracken in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Writer, director, Chris Columbus, and John Hughes both being behind uh, Home Alone 1 and 2. Yep. Both of them attached to both titles. Two huge powerhouses um, in the 80s and 90s. Of course, John Hughes no longer with us, but gave us, uh, I mean... Count the lists. Yeah, Mr. Mom, National Lampoons, Vacations, all the Yeah, Vacations, European, Christmas Vacation. Uh, Sixteen Candles. All of, yeah. Breakfast Club. Every teen movie from the 80s. Weird Science. That you want to think of. Weird Science, yeah. Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm -hmm. Uncle Buck. Some Kind of Wonderful. Yeah. Um, Uh, Beethoven. Yep. Flubber. Getting into the 90s now. These are things that you would know. <laughs> yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Classic. Mm-hmm. Great Outdoors, another classic. Mm-hmm. John Candy. Directed, of course, the majority of his teen movies from the 80s uh, himself, but wrote Home Alone. Chris Columbus directed it. Of course, Chris Columbus at that point had already written Goonies. Goonies. Gremlins. Gremlins. Directed. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Nine months again. I think Home Alone was one of his first big directing uh, jobs. And it was kind of that that sprung him into doing more directing, which, you know, we said led to the movies we just mentioned, but then eventually led to Harry Potter, Potter, Chamber of Secrets, and Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, you know the names. It's so proud of me. (laughs) But I will I put a disclaimer in there that I prefer the the latter half of... No, I prefer the two first ones. It's too fantastical. I like I like the the older ones that are darker. I like those better. I like I like the big castle. It seemed elaborate and yeah. old. It's and... too much like a kids movie. And it's because okay. we know Chris Columbus is good at directing kids movies. So nothing against that. But I like... The darker tone to Harry Potter mm. rather than the stuff that Chris Columbus did. Oh, you could probably throw in there the fact that the kids were super young and didn't know, know how, how to, how act, to act, act in the first couple films. They got better yeah. as the movies went on, yeah. right? But a kid that does know how to act... Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin. So charming. He is. Had done Uncle Buck... Uh, at that point, so okay. I had already worked with John Hughes mm-hmm. and John Candy, who makes a cameo in the first Home Alone, but just a cute kid. Cute kid? Good at monologues? Good, Yeah. Knows how to read his lines, hit his mark, and... Make those faces. Yeah. 
we felt just like we did with Lethal Weapon 2, 3, and 4 that if we were going to, to pick Home Alone with Joe Pesci that we might as well pick the sequel as well. He's in both 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Not in, in all the other ridiculous sequels that I've never given my time to. Yeah, there's a lot more than I thought when we were looking this there's up. There's 3, 4, like, 5, and there's like uh-huh. Home Sweet, Home Alone, mm-hmm. and then... Some other one there's where there's no number. So there's like seven, I think, <sighs> in total. Um, Just the two. I, yeah. I, I'm, I think once we lose Macaulay Culkin and Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, it's like, why do we care anymore? Because, like, it's... It's the charm of a young Macaulay Culkin that just like blew America and the world he away. He carried the movie. And the the chemistry between Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern and then also their dynamic playing off of Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, you can't, you it's really can't go great. wrong with it. Yeah. We also have a classic, like, young Catherine O'Hare, which you've seen her, not even a comeback. She's always been around mm-hmm. in Shit's Creek. It is over the top and hilarious. And yeah. I just imagine this is kind of the evolution of what would have happened. This is a very toned down <laughs> Catherine O'Hare. I mean, she's just playing like a mother. And like they yeah. don't really give her a heck of a lot to work with and to be funny on her own. She manages to do it in a few parts here and there. But I mean, for the most part, like she's actually kind of a jerk. No, okay. In my opinion, like, okay. so we can get into this now or <laughs> yeah. later, but... Let's get into this. Okay, we'll get into to both movies. Let's get into big families in and, general. And maybe it's because I'm not part of a big family, but they completely shit all over Kevin. And, like, I get that he's probably a pain in the ass. He's the youngest. But they really... The whole family is so mean to him. And... Like, he does talk back a little bit, and you could probably blame that on older siblings, first of all. First of all. Second of all, the youngest, so he probably did get spoiled a lot. But from, at least in the first one, from what I saw, and then again in the second, which is crazy because of what happens in the first, they just repeat the same behavior, where he he does one thing and the whole family is just like, Turns on him. you're the worst person in the world. Okay, but what Go if... to the third floor, <laughs> you know? Okay, but what if this is just an exaggeration? What if he is all, all throughout the year that we don't see this family's interaction a super, like, troublemaker and gets away with everything because he's the baby. He's mom's favorite, you know, like. I'm going to take a parallel to Buzz's character, who's the oldest brother in Kevin's family. Okay. He is a fuck. <laughs> that kid sucks, right? He does suck. He definitely uh, is a bully at school. Oh, fully. Right? And he does it in front of everyone and, he, and never gets in trouble. He's a him. real piece of shit. And <laughs> I, I don't care. And if he's the oldest brother, then you can only assume that some of the other kids are going to be just as shitty as that kid is, right? And all of these kids are raised by the same pair of parents. Yeah. So who's to blame, right? It's whatever. And like one of the many pieces of trivia that I read on the film was when John Hughes was writing this is he didn't want there to be any plot holes. He didn't want anybody to say like, this could never happen. How could you leave your kid at home? So he tried to work every little bit in there just to make sure that no one could 
break this up down and say, no, you're wrong. Um, but it's pretty, ri- it's pretty ridiculous how this family just like really craps on this eight year old kid just because what he, he likes cheese pizza and no one saved him a slice and he pushed his brother and like, then he's just vilified. Yeah. <laughs> I can see from being in a big family. I'm from a big family, a big fan, um, where you have to, you have to hold your own with your siblings, mm. that sort of thing. Like I, I don't hold my own with my siblings. Um, but like, if you don't have attentive parents making sure that everything's fair, you have to sort it out with your siblings yourselves. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, you have to push back. Sure. Uh, you just have to make sure you don't get caught. Right. Very similar to this family. One of the families has six kids in the first movie, and then no, one is too so old. We're or... misleading. I actually think that the one the one girl that isn't in Home Alone 2, mm. which is seems to be the oldest, yeah. she's the one that counts all of them as they get into the van mm. in the first one. Mm-hmm. She is actually, I read this in the trivia for the second movie, okay. the daughter of the third brother, the one that they're going to visit <gasps> in France. Oh. Yeah, so that's also why she's not part of the group when they go to Florida that in the second sense. one. Okay, so, so I'm... It's a it's two families of five, basically. Yeah, yeah. seven, and seven. And you're a family of five. I'm, yeah, five kids, yep. two parents. I feel like none of us would ever get left behind <laughs> on a vacation. It's super difficult to do something I like that. I feel like it's very difficult. How do you... How do you I understand do... that if you're rushing to catch your plane because you woke up late and you need, to, like, you need to catch it. And, of course, both movies are pre-9-11. So, you know, that's a whole other part of this that would completely throw this off the rails. Definitely. Um, you're rushing to get on the plane... You're going to make sure that everyone gets on the plane. Least I was lost parts. in a grocery store. I think we've all been lost in a grocery store at some point. I think everyone gets lost at a grocery store or a department store or whatever. And you gotta they call your name over the speaker. I can remember that happening numerous times oh. when I was a kid. Oh, no. This is what it is. They call you. Someone, an employee comes and finds you. Like, are you okay? We'll find your mom. I've, had to, I've been on the adult side of that before where you find a kid... In, in the store and you're like, are you okay we'll find your mom come come with me you know it happens it's not a big deal this kid got left home by himself i remember it seeming pretty awesome to me when i was a kid i was like i wish that this would happen to me this would be great i could say that while re-watching these in the middle of april 30 plus years uh later that this movie both of them actually still still hold up for me. I, I I think I'm a sucker for a good Christmas movie, and I think that the ultimate message is enjoyable. Of course, it doesn't necessarily have Warming. to be have to be Christmas. We talked about this before we started rolling, but mm-hmm. for me, I think the best part about a good Christmas movie, like uh, It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Or most recently, um, Elf comes to mind mm-hmm. is the whole you know Christmas spirit idea, and I think we attach this idea of of good, caring human nature to Christmas, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, but it's a good package to deliver it to an audience, right? And it's really heartwarming to see 
people come together, whether it be at a specific time of year or just any time of year, and watch the the good in human beings because there can be a lot of bad sometimes too. And we've covered a lot of that in a lot of our past episodes, especially with Joe Pesci. But um, it's it's enjoyable to watch it. Macaulay Culkin, he was he was a, an amazing child actor. He and was a, such a good child actor. The concept is ridiculous, but it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. And Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are just the the right amount of over the top. And it just, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it worked. It worked really, really well. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, I I have to agree. I think it was very wholesome Mm -hmm. at some point. Like, there was definitely a line where you're like, oh, this kid's a psychopath and he's trying to murder people. But uh, they were also trying to murder him. Mm -hmm. And he, like, won and they just happened not to die. In the first movie, it was a little tamer. The second film got... A, a tiny bit of blowback because a gun appears in the second one. So a little bit darker. Of course, mm. it's New York City. So maybe they're getting trying to go a little darker. Maybe. But like the park was very dangerous. Just imagine and... if... Uh, well, kids are scared of the park. Yeah. Kids are also scared of the dark. Uh, <laughs> Grown men go into the park and don't come out. That's true. Just imagine if, if Kevin had had a, a machine gun. Oh my god, are you kidding me? And he pulled a little John McClane. And this is why it's possible that Home Alone is actually a time travel movie. (laughs) Because Kevin McAllister and John McClane are one in the same. Just think about this. And this is an original idea. This is stuff that I've read. and, And once I read it, I was like, Absolutely. <laughs> this movie came out only two years after Die Hard came out. Die Hard came out in 88. Okay. And it's essentially the same movie. So someone was sitting around. On his own. He's in this giant building mm-hmm. that's been taken over by, by terrorists or, or thieves. And he has to set up these booby traps all around the place. And he picks them off one by one. Of course, Die Hard's R-rated movie, so he's actually killing people. This is a kid's movie. So he it's just not sets them happening. on fire and right, just, makes them fall down like three well, flights of stairs. He, and... he does many things that could kill a person, but Absolutely. it never actually works because it's PG movie. However, <laughs> there's been a lot of things written out there about a lot of the the traps that Kevin sets for these guys and how much damage it would have actually done. So much. Getting hit uh, in the face with a brick four times in a row would probably kill you. Concussion, at least. Maybe like a fracture. Falling uh, three stories could kill you. Like having a giant bag of cement fall on your neck. On your neck? Would break your neck. Break your neck. Let's talk about a little bit how this Home Alone 2 is basically just a remake of home alone one briefly we'll talk about that they up the ante and again we can tie this back into die hard because it's exactly what die hard two is is it's just die hard one but at an airport so this is home alone one but in new york it's the same Mm. thing you even have the the character that he he befriends and you get Mm -hmm. the whole christmas spirit thing coming in 
So in the first one, it's the, the old the old man, old man who shovels snow on the, the sidewalks. That's his neighbor. And in the second movie, it's the pigeon lady, pigeon the homeless lady. woman. Um, they both help him get away from the bad guys at some point. They, they save him, right, mm-hmm. in the they end. They teach him a valuable lesson yep. about, like... And he also teaches them a valuable oh, lesson. Oh, he definitely teaches because them. Because he's such a wise he's child. so smart for a kid. They change a few things here and there. We, we already touched on the fact that, you know, he's left at the house in the first one. He's left at the airport. Well... He's left at the airport, and then he gets on a different plane in the second. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the... living it up in his house, and he's living it up in a hotel. Yep. He's... Uh... The families are doing poorly without him for some reason. And the only real difference that I can see in the second one and the first one, and this is where I think maybe the runtime ends about 20 minutes longer, is... You've got the addition of the hotel staff in the second one <laughs> and the addition of the toy store in the second one. The concierge, the bellboy, and I'm guessing like the, the front front desk manager played by Dana Ivey. The three of them are like this trio that are like, again, really want to catch Get him. this <laughs> This thieving nine-year-old that's stealing a stay at the hotel. Mm. They assume he's he's stolen a credit card or whatever. But again, like there's so much like animosity towards this child in both films. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like why aren't you trying to protect this kid who's seemingly in a hotel by himself? Yeah. You know, even if he did steal a credit card, you must be wondering like. Why has this nine-year-old stolen a credit card and staying at this fancy hotel? Exactly. I think for me, the most entertaining part, and probably for most people, is the final act, which is where Kevin defends himself in the house and then in the apartment Mm -hmm. in the second film. We get to see this buildup of Marv and Harry, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, throughout the first movie. And... I forgot when I think I forget every time until you put Home Alone on that Joe Pesci is in the very first scene. He is in the very first scene in the very first movie. <laughs> he's pretending to be a cop. He's right there. And he's inside the McAllister's house scoping it out. Yeah. And I forget about that every time. I forget it every time. I think that Wet Bandits, wet bandits is a better calling card than Sticky Bandits. I think neither Bandits are good names. I think if you're if you're robbing houses and then the last thing you do is you flood the house before you go and you say you're the wet bandits, I think that's kind of that's clever. I feel like that's but a dick move. It is a dick move, but you just rob someone's house, so True, like. But now they not only have to like insure all the rest of their shit, they have to get everything fixed. It's just rude. Like that's actually these... probably more insurance for the homeowner because they got robbed and they've got property damage. So Ugh. they so much they might actually work. be doing a, them a favor by by destroying the house I don't with think water. So. No one's But Sticky Bandits is dumb favorite. as hell. Like he's he puts tape on his hand and then he like steals stuff on tape. That's so like is that the best that that John Hughes could come up with? But we know Joe Pesci. We've talked about Joe Pesci's comedy chops in the past. We've covered a number of comedies with him so far. Eight Heads most recently, Easy Money, My Cousin Vinny. 
he he adds a bit of comedy whether he means to or not in a lot of his roles. He's just very charming and a good storyteller. So like yeah. things come out the way he wants you to react. You know, if he wants you to laugh, he'll tell a story to make you laugh. Yes. That that sort of thing. Here, he's doing a great job. He has so many pesci Pesciisms, yes. <laughs> um, well, we see that classic like whoop <laughs> in the air, and that's like actually feet over the head. The second episode. Second episode. My cousin Vinny. I was talking about this part where he's in the car. It's not moving. He slides in the mud. Gets out and is just, does one of these you know feet up over feet up things. over the head slides on the mud. It totally reminded me of Home Alone. And it we does. saw that so many times. And I, I, I'm assuming it's the same the same stunt person. You know, being so. all around those early '90s, it's probably the same guy uh, filling in for him. But classic, and of course, all of all of the stunts that happen are are pretty hilarious. I don't think there's anything Maybe. anything better than. Uh, <laughs> Then Daniel Stern's just <laughs> balls out screams yeah, that happen in both movies. Obviously, more than a few times in the second because you always got to up the ante. Mm -hmm. There's also nothing better than than Pesci's uh, holding back cursing because we know that Joe Pesci swears a lot and he ad libs a lot too. Yes. And based off of last week's Goodfellas, we know that... The script rose from about 70 F-words up to around 300, and more than half of those were Pesci's, right? So Chris Columbus had to speak to Pesci, and just to make sure, is like, instead of saying fuck, say fridge. So there's a lot of times in the movie where you just get... Because Pesci obviously just wants to swear... But it's even funnier that he's not swearing. And it, it doesn't seem forced or anything like that. It yes, we know it it's it's a, natural. It's like a kid's he's just movie. Keeping it contained. It's PG, but it's even more funny that this 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 thief can't swear. He's so just pissed that, that it just it's comes not out as even words gibberish. Out of his mouth. What no. also adds to the humor is, like we mentioned before, this addition of the hotel staff that we don't have in the first movie. Mm -hmm. So we get a little bit of extra humor. It is an interesting trio that they have. Yes. And I mean, it's primarily Tim Curry and a bit of Rob Schneider that add to the humor there. Rob Schneider, you know, is good at being kind of sniveling. Um, oh, yeah. And Tim Curry is just like... it. it He's a master, you know. Um, Clue. Clue is one of my all-time favorites. Favorite. And I love you. <laughs> of course, he's been in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, probably one of his most notable. Uh, played Pennywise in the original um, It movie. Still extremely scary. I really enjoyed the newer It movies, but I, did too. I think Scars, that the guards. the early early 90s It was equally as frightening and him as Pennywise was pretty spooky. The whole bathroom scene where they they pull out the made for this movie old film which is I believe called Angels with Filthy Souls in Home Alone 1. And then in the second one, it's a sequel called Angels with Filthier Souls. 
which is a play off of Angels with Dirty Faces with James Cagney. But very interesting scene where he comes into the hotel room. Kevin is trying to make it seem as if his dad is there. Blows up the clown a clown thing. balloon. He uses a recording that he did of his uncle on his talk boy. On his talk boy, and, which is not a real and device. manages to manages to trick Tim Curry's character into thinking his dad is there. And it's just that, and then the subsequent scene that happens afterwards, where the whole group of them come in, and he uses um, the angels with filthier souls clip to trick them into thinking that someone's shooting at them. And hilarious, where he talks about, um, you were smooching with my brother, wouldn't you? Wasn't you? And he's like, you've been smooching with everybody. And I love that, like, one of the names he mentions is Cliff, and the security guard's name is Cliff. It's like, is that true? Like, no. <laughs> he's so concerned. Um, like, I remember as a kid it being one of the funniest parts of the movie for me. And still, when we watched it recently, it was like, yeah, this is still Still pretty funny. And I do want to mention that for the film, the talk boy was created. But because of the popularity of the movie, Mattel then actually made a talk boy, (gasps) which I had. I had a talk boy. I had to have a talk boy. This is how how important these movies were to me as a kid. I had a talk boy. I still have a talk boy. (laughs) It's, It's in my parents' house. It still has the original tape in it. Oh, my God. I bet it didn't work exactly like you wanted it to, You though. slow it down. You speed it. It doesn't really? you sound... you can slow it down? It like... worked exactly like it works in the movie. Okay, like the movie didn't... Down, when it was slowed down, and you he can was, like, getting a reservation. It didn't sound like him. No, it doesn't sound like an adult. It sounds like Credit you card, slowed someone... You got it. Credit card, you got it. <laughs> I'd like a hotel room, please. With a big screen TV, the a mini bar, or one of those little refrigerators that has key. a key. Of course, we should mention that we have John Candy in the first movie, who had worked with John Hughes numerous times, only put in one day of work for this film, but just pops up and rescues Catherine O'Hare's character at the airport mm-hmm. and gives her a ride back to Chicago. But... The majority of his lines are ad-libs because John Candy is a comedy genius. Worked for many years with Catherine O'Hare on SCTV. Um, Just super funny and still missed to this day. He left too Mm. soon, unfortunately. Uh, And also the second film that we've done with Candy and Joe Pesci. Yeah. Of course, no screen time in this or JFK. Like, none together. But um, another tie-in there, which is kind of fun. Yeah. All in all, I think that Home Alone still holds up for me. And I think it's enjoyable to watch. And I'm not going to lie, every every few years around Christmas time, I do watch. At I least do, me original, too. The original I one. love it. I'm so excited for my nieces to get a little older, and then I can and have maybe, an excuse to maybe appreciate it. it. Yes, yeah. I think in a little more laid back viewing for us, rather than doing you know something like JFK or Raging Bull or Goodfellas, something that feels like it really needs your attention, and that also feels like we should really kind of dissect. This is just a fun holiday family movie 
that we get to just watch and enjoy and talk about stuff that we really liked about it i'm glad we rewatched these jade we should rate this bitch we should um so let me go through imdb first mm, okay or let's do home alone original let's do home alone what do, what do you have on imdb and rotten tomatoes Ooh, imdb is 7.7 7. Mm-hmm. uh rotten tomatoes had it at a 66 for the tomato meter which is a little above average, but audience score was 80%. So it was definitely a fan favorite. Makes sense. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, looking back at it now, I think I would rate it even higher just compared to some other movies that don't quite make that bar. But it, it was up against other Christmas movies, so I, I understand. Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. IMDb gave it a 6.8. It's a little smaller. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 35, which is not good. Uh, but the audience uh, score was 62%. Um, uh. So I think that I'm probably going to give this movie a four. And the only reason I'm going to give no. it a four tentatively for now is because I only have a three and a four left to dish out for our ratings. But it could change. I'm going to give Home Alone's a nine. Wow, way up there. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. smiled the whole movies, like both of them. I giggled at a bunch of things. Yeah, I did too. I, I laughed I, a lot. I, I, I went whoo when like things fell I on the out robbers loud a couple times. Yeah. And we have one more comedy that we are going to dive into next week with Joe Pesci, The Super. I'm glad that there we're coming on one that at least one of us haven't seen. This will be, I think, another, you know, laid back viewing uh, for this one. But interested to see what you think. This is a movie my dad just randomly introduced me to as a kid. And I thought it was pretty funny. Probably after Home Alone. So I already kind of knew who Joe Pesci was. Of course, this is before I saw any of Pesci's, you know, quote unquote, finer work. Sure. uh, Once I got older and was able to watch stuff like that older stuff yeah but interesting movie and you know it's kind of a fun one to end our series on so next week is episode 12 and it is our last episode covering the films of joe pesci here on stellar alignment next week i think we'll we'll take a look at all of our ratings and we'll really decide if what we've given our past uh episodes is going to stick and be set in stone. I know that you're all anxious to find out what super excited our, our final it. ratings are from 1 to 12 for each uh, one of these 12 episodes. Yeah, I'm excited to, to jump into that too and, and give Joe Pesci a sign-off. We'd also love to hear your ratings in the comments somewhere. Rate each of the movies we've watched in order out of like 1 through 12. 12 being the highest and 1 being the I would love your opinion. See how we match up. See, yeah. see how we like things. Interesting to hear other people's perspectives. We're just two people. Um, we tend to agree on most of what we talk about on here, but not always. I gave today's episode a four. And I gave it a nine. Gave it a nine, so there's yeah. a little bit of a difference. But you have been copying me the last few episodes, so... Um, it's good that we're on a different page for a change. Mm, I haven't been copying you. I've had opinions mm. similar to you. Sir. It's just I happen to go first every time. Um, God. <laughs>
So thank you for joining us today. Leave us a comment about what you felt about Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York or any of the other episodes. And hit us up on social media. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter at Stellar Alignment Podcast. And yeah, we're home alone right now, so we're going to go get something to eat, hopefully. We should set some traps by the windows. Maybe. Maybe we'll catch a mouse. Or a pesci. Or a pesci. (gasps) Okay, bye. Okay, bye! John McAllister. I mean, Kevin (laughs) McLean. I mean, wait, no. Ho, ho, ho.